0: Do please be seated And welcome again if you've just joined us again my name is Toby Gaynor I'm one of the pastors here it's my pleasure to lead us through our Christmas Day service well this morning we're going to um, just reflect for a short uh, few minutes on uh, one of the passages that narrates the birth of Christ from the gospel of Luke so we have those words to be projected otherwise you can if you have a Bible with you, you can turn to Luke chapter 2 and we're going to f- reflect on the first uh, 14 verses be registered with mary his betrothed who was with child and while they were there the time came for her to give birth and she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn and in the same region there were shepherds in the field keeping watch over their flock by night and an angel of the lord appeared to them praising God and saying glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. Well, I'm sure for many of us that's a popular passage to reflect on at Christmas. And uh, I don't know about you or maybe in your um, childhood growing up, maybe even recently for you if you're still in in school, maybe um, you've reenacted that scene or some of those scenes in a childhood nativity play. Our church um, recently took part in the Santa Parade in town, and we depicted the nativity, and certain people here were, were different characters from within that nativity scene. I don't know, has anyone been in a nativity play before in other things? Anybody willing to volunteer? Daniel has. Anybody else? I seem to remember being a wise man when I was a very, very young man, very young boy. Anybody else? Leslie, or an angel maybe? No? Mary? No, still no? You were Herod, okay. Okay, well, good to know. Well, not all, um, not all Christmas plays depict the nativity scene. Uh, I remember uh, many years ago in my elementary school, our school decided to put on a reenactment of the 12 days of Christmas. I was probably eight or nine years old at the time. And it was a singing and musical number, dancing number, as you can imagine. And although it has no bearing to the Christmas story whatsoever, it is a fun song. Uh, I don't know if you're all familiar with the 12 days of Christmas, I assume. So anybody remember any of the elements within the 12 days of Christmas? Leslie, do you have it memorized? Okay. So, anybody other than Leslie know uh, any of the, the, char- the items in the 12 days of Christmas? We have a partridge in a pear tree. Yes, Daniel. We have lords of dancing. That's right. As drummers drumming, very good. Any others? Pipers piping. We could turn to Leslie for all of them. But yes, there's lots in there. In, in total, there are 78 different characters and creatures in the song, all put together across the multiple days. And uh, for my school to put on this play involved all the classes in my year. Um, but my, my class teacher was in charge of casting, and so she decided who was gonna fill which roles. And I don't remember the circumstances, obviously, a long, long time ago. But I do remember that based on our musical and dancing abilities, um, the teacher cast my best friend and I in a very special role. In fact, she had to create a new role for us. Well, it's obvious, really, because you have eight maids of milking, but obviously maids to milk need a cow. And so the role that my best friend and I filled were, was cow. And I was the back-end of the cow. So it's, uh, it was a fun and silly thing to do. And although I'm not shy about telling people about my contribution to the play, it's one that I share for laughs rather than to brag about uh, the prestige or the, uh, the accolades that came from that. Needless to say, it did not launch my musical and acting career. It's not something that I list on my resume. Um, after a work experience and academic achievements there's not a special line item that says acting bovine specialty Uh, and my parents uh, I don't recall my parents ever having mentioned this at parties or to family uh, how proud they were of young Toby uh, for being in this role and although it was fun to be part of that role and that play it's not it's not because I had a choice of which role I was going to pick, I didn't even have a choice as to what the story was going to be that we were portraying that year. I don't remember our teacher asking us for much input uh, on anything. It was more just assigned. It was a role that was chosen for us, and our roles were given to us whether it was our choice or not. And the reason I share that is because I think sometimes coming to the Christmas story and the story of the nativity, we can hear it and we can become so familiar with it that we can stop seeing the wonder that is behind this true story. We can stop marveling at what we hear. And we can slip unintentionally into thinking that that's just how the story is told. And those are just the parts that are to be played in that story that just has to be told. That's the way it has to be. And everyone who's in the story has to be picked just because they kind of fit those roles, right? So there's Mary, a teenager, a God-fearing virgin. She would be fantastic as the mother. And then there's those guys out in the fields with the sheep. Luck would have it in scene two. We actually need some shepherds, so they'll do. And of course, every good story needs a villain or two. Well, in this one, we actually have a couple. We can choose from uh, from Caesar or Augustus, or we can have Leslie play her role as Herod. Um, Uh, We read about him in in Matthew's gospel, and then of course there's Christ Himself. Well, actually Jesus is pretty limited in this play because of his options for the role. If he insists on coming as a baby, then there really is only one role that he can fulfil, and really it's not a very large role. It's not a speaking part. Um, That's what he has to do. It's easy, I think, isn't it, to slip into thinking that the story is defined, the roles are set. Everyone has what they have to do, and that's just how it has to be, right? But it's important to remember that as familiar as we may be with the nativity story, it did not have to be told that way. And these roles did not have to be filled the way that they were filled. And most specifically, Jesus did not have to fill the role of a baby placed in an animal feed box. You see, this is the story of the birth of Emmanuel, of God with us. And God is not bound by a story imposed upon him, as if he has to fulfill certain roles or act in a certain way. God is the one who writes the story. In fact, he is the writer, he is the director, and he is the producer of this story and of all stories. And what's so amazing about this true story that we, tend, we take time to reflect on, particularly at Christmas, is that the role is the role that God chose for himself and the story that He chose to tell it in. He's not like me who didn't get a ch- choice in the play that I was taking part in or in the role that I had to play. He could have written any story he liked and have taken any role that he liked. A story that could have displayed him in all of his wonder, the creator and the sustainer of the universe, our rightful Lord, worthy of all our devotion. And he chose to write a story in which he enters as a little baby, in humble, even in dishonorable circumstances, being attended by some of the outcasts of society in the form of these shepherds. And although that is amazing, that actually isn't the beginning of our amazing story we reflect on this morning. God's story started much, much earlier, way back in a special garden, where his two leading characters, a guy named Adam and a woman he called Eve, were to follow a a particular script. They were given a very generous script to follow. It wasn't specific with certain lines to say, but they had clear roles to fulfill that defined who their characters were within God's story. But very quickly, they messed up God's story. And it wasn't by accident. It wasn't that they fluffed a line or two. They deliberately chose to behave out of character, rejecting the role that God, the writer, and director had given them. In fact, they tried to take God's role as writer, director, producer, try to take that for themselves. And you might think that God would at that point just write them out of the story. Why put up with characters who don't fulfill the roles you've given them and instead try to take your role? God would be right to do that. But he also wrote his story in such a way that he loves his characters. And even though they've rejected him and his story, he promised to make a way to restore them into their roles. And that's how we end up with the nativity story that we reflect on this morning and why it is so amazing that the God and the author of this story, because of his love and because of his promise to his characters, he chose to come as a savior to rescue and to restore these and all of his characters, characters who had deliberately messed up their roles in his story. Of course, we actually have to follow more of the story beyond the nativity to understand how God finishes his story, how he restores people to their roles within this big story of how Jesus, once he was born, grew up, followed his role perfectly. None of his lines were wrong. He had never acted out of character. He did just as God, the author, the the writer, the director had directed him. And yet, at what appears to be the end of his story, of Jesus' story, God inflicts on Jesus all that you would have expected to fall on the other characters. All that you would have expected to fall on those who had rejected the author. But instead of it falling on them, it fell on Jesus, who appears to be written out of the story as he hangs on a tree. Those first two characters in the story, passed their roles on to us, on to you and I. And we've continued to abuse those roles just as they did, wanting to be the writer, the director, the producers of our own stories, rather than to submit ourselves to God's story. And that, again, is why the Nativity story is so amazing and so much good news for us, too. For those who receive this true story, and know themselves to be a part of it, who accept for themselves Jesus in his role as Savior and as Lord, that he is the writer and the director of our story, that God himself restores us into the proper role as he intends for us to live and to enjoy. And to show that this is all true, God didn't just leave Jesus' story with the expected ending, in a grave or in a tomb, but rather demonstrated what he can do as the one who is in control of the story. He gave Jesus a new life, one without end and full of satisfaction and full of fulfillment, a life he promises to those who turn away from trying to take God's role for themselves and to accept Jesus in his role as our Lord and our Savior. This morning, as we hear again the familiar story of the Nativity, let's be careful not to mistake it for simply a story, one that just had to be told that way, with the characters playing the roles they just had to play. And instead, let us wonder again, let us wonder together at the love and of the grace of our God to write such a story and for Jesus to take on such a role to be our saviour and our Lord and to restore us into our right roles in this great story. Let's pray.